Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue with our year-long journey reading the diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalska from beginning to end. Today we take up from where we left off, beginning with diary entry number 349. In the morning, during meditation, I felt a painful thorn in the left side of my head. The suffering continued all day. I meditated continually about how Jesus had been able to endure the pain of so many thorns which made up his crown. I joined my suffering to the sufferings of Jesus and offered it for sinners. At four o'clock, when I came for adoration, I saw one of our wards offending God greatly by sins of impure thoughts. I also saw a certain person who was the cause of her sin. My soul was pierced with fear, and I asked God for the sake of Jesus' pain to snatch her from this terrible misery. Jesus answered that he would grant her that favor, not for her sake, but for the sake of my request. Now I understood how much we ought to pray for sinners, and especially for our wards. Our life is truly apostolic. I cannot imagine a religious living in one of our houses, that is, in our community, and not have an apostolic spirit. Zeal for the salvation of souls should burn in our hearts. O my God, how sweet it is to suffer for you. Suffer in the most secret recesses of the heart, in the greatest hiddenness, to burn like a sacrifice noticed by no one, pure as crystal, with no consolation or compassion. My spirit burns in active love. I waste no time in dreaming. I take every moment singly as it comes, for this is within my power. The past does not belong to me, the future is not mine. With all my soul I try to make use of the present moment. January 4th, 1935. The first chapter of Mother Borgia. At the chapter, Mother Borgia stressed a life of faith and fidelity in small things. Halfway through the chapter, I heard these words, I desire that you would all have more faith at the present time. How great is my joy at the faithfulness of my spouse in the smallest things. Then I looked at the crucifix and saw that Jesus' head was turned towards the refectory and his lips were moving. When I told Mother Superior about it, she answered, You see, sister, how Jesus demands that of our life that how Jesus demands that our life be a life of faith. When Mother left for the chapel and I stayed to set the room in order, I heard these words. Tell all the sisters that I demand that they live in the spirit of faith towards the superiors at this present time. I begged my confessor to release me from this duty. As I was talking to a certain person who was to paint the image, but for certain reasons was not painting it, I heard this voice in my soul. I want her to be more obedient. I understood that our efforts, no matter how great, are not pleasing to God if they do not bear the seal of obedience. I am speaking about a religious soul. O God, how easy it is to know your will in the convent. 
We religious have God's will set clearly before our eyes from morning till night, and in moments of uncertainty we have our superiors through whom God speaks. 1934-1935 New Year's Eve I was given permission not to go to sleep, but rather to pray in the chapel. One of the sisters had asked me to offer an hour of adoration for her. I said yes and prayed for her for an hour. During the hour, God gave me to understand how very pleasing this soul was to him. I offered the second hour of adoration for the conversion of sinners, and I tried especially to offer expiation to God for the insults that were being committed against him at this present moment. How greatly God is being offended. I offered the third hour for my spiritual director. I fervently prayed for light for him in a particular matter. Finally, the clock struck twelve, the last hour of the year. I finished it in the name of the Holy Trinity, and I also started the first hour of the new year in the name of the Holy Trinity. I asked each of the three persons to bless me, and with great confidence looked toward the new year, which certainly would not be sparing of suffering. We see that St. Faustina received a painful thorn, probably mystically, and the suffering lasted the whole day. And she contemplated how Jesus had endured all of the sufferings that he endured for us. St. Faustina then took on suffering for the sake of one of the wards or the students who was sinning through impure thoughts. Those around us need our prayers. We should not fail to pray for them and to intercede for them. Their salvation could depend on it because one sin can easily lead to another and become a pattern of sin. But by helping someone to avoid an initial sin, we can help them to set out on a different life path. St. Faustina rejoices in offering sufferings to Jesus. It gives her life purpose and bears great fruit. I was particularly struck by this passage, my spirit burns in active love. I waste no time in dreaming. I take every moment singly as it comes, for this is within my power. The past does not belong to me. The future is not mine. With all my soul, I try to make use of the present moment. Powerful words that we can all live by. The grace of God is available to us in the present moment, so let's not waste time. Let's use it well. St. Faustina then speaks about a type of a meeting called a chapter, probably held in the refectory where the sisters ate, in which the house superior gives an exhortation to the sisters, who then publicly admit their faults. It's a kind of public examination of conscience. It would certainly be humiliating, but a great help in the growth in the spiritual life. Some religious communities still have this practice of a meeting like this, others do not. Jesus called for a life of deeper faith for the sisters through St. Faustina, and he asked Faustina to publicly tell the sisters to live a life of faith toward their superiors. Perhaps fearing what the sisters would think of her, she asked to be released of this obligation through her confessor. Apparently, there was a Bernadine religious sister who was supposed to paint the Divine Mercy image. For some reason, she did not do so. She wasn't painting it. She was 
not being obedient, and Jesus was not pleased. Eventually, a lay artist, uh, Eugene Kazimierowski, painted the Divine Mercy image. And then on New Year's Eve, St. Faustina again spent several hours in adoration, interceding for various intentions. Her life is given over for others. We can learn from her generosity of spirit and her unselfishness. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help other people throughout the world find St. Faustina's Diary in a Year. Remember, Jesus promised St. Faustina in Diary number 1075, Souls who spread the honor of divine mercy are protected by God like an infant by a gentle mother. Please help us spread the message of divine mercy. Thank you, and God bless you. Visit shopmercy.org to order your copy of Divine Mercy in My Soul, the diary of St. Maria Faustina Kowalska. It's available in print in English, Spanish, and Polish, and in English as an e-book, available now on shopmercy.org. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org.